Hey friends, welcome to the We See Some Beautiful Things podcast. Podcast that's not about growing marijuana or gardening, but is about living in radical faith and full submission to God. I'm sure glad you're here. The Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast is hosted by me, Connie Lawson, and airs Mondays and Fridays on your favorite podcasting platform. Be sure to check me out on social media, both Instagram and Facebook at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. You can also go to our website at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com to leave your prayer requests or a comment and to read our blog whenever I write one, which is not very frequently because speaking is my jam, not writing. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this show started. Hey friends, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Connie, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, I want to continue talking about healing, but I want to come at it from the angle today of talking about dealing with the anger that we can feel towards God when we don't understand something that's happening in our lives. I want to talk about why that's so detrimental. I want to talk about the right kind of anger to bring to the Lord and then the type of anger that hinders our healing and hinders our spiritual growth. Because that's the type of anger that I see the most of in believers or in unbelievers. It's a a very common reason why people don't want to follow the Lord is not being able to reconcile the idea that a good God allows and sometimes even orchestrates the difficulty that we go through in our life. The inability to reconcile children dying and murder and uh, poverty and sickness, etc. And so that, that can develop a type of anger in us that is counterproductive to our healing and detrimental to our relationship with God. And so that's the type of anger that I want to talk about today and how we can take steps to deal with that and to come under submission to Jesus and his ultimate authority and to rest in the fact and to begin to know very certainly that he is good all the time and no matter what and it is not dependent upon our circumstances or what does or does not happen. So I am dealing with someone in my own life right now currently that I'm very close to and they're struggling. And they're struggling very terribly because they have had um, a couple years now of nonstop, pretty debilitating headaches. And these headaches have been uh, comparable to a migraine, and they have been pretty constant. There have been some weeks and days where the pain has lessened either for the entire day or just for a few hours. But overall, over the course of the last two years, this person that I'm very close with has had basically a nonstop headache. And if any of you are headache sufferers, you know that that is a very, very terrible pain. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be so terrible in its in the intensity of it. It can be like a smaller headache but it's just that nagging 
pain that you can't seem to get rid of in your head. And so this person is really struggling with the fact that they have prayed and they don't understand why God isn't healing them. And out of that lack of understanding is developing some anger, some resentment, some distrust. And I have tried to share with this person the importance of continually taking that to the Lord. But as I thought about it, and as I got alone in my own quiet time, I've started to to develop some thoughts on this type of anger. And that's the type of anger that I want to talk to you about. Is there something in your life right now that's going on, that you're affected by, that you're struggling with, that you are suffering from, that you feel God just should heal you. He needs to heal you. And you're angry that he's not. You're angry that he's not making it easier. You think to yourself, this isn't a big deal to God. He could do this. doesn't make any sense why he wouldn't um, enable me to sleep. Why won't he heal my insomnia? Why won't he uh, stop this pain in my head? Why won't the Lord just give me a boyfriend? Why won't the Lord just make my stomach stop hurting? Why can't he just help me to not be so irritable? So those types of things, these, these issues of, it's not such a big deal. Why won't God just fix it? And then because we don't understand and we feel like we've done what we're called to do, we've prayed. We've prayed. We've said, Lord, I need healing. I hurt. I can't do this on my own. Maybe we've even done some confessing or some claiming the promises in the Bible and to no avail, he still doesn't seem to do anything. And in fact, when we bring these issues to him, it's like he doesn't even listen. And we feel angry. We feel like we deserve healing and the Lord is holding back on us. So here's where it gets difficult. And I am speaking from a place of love. I'm speaking from a place of understanding, empathy. Um, you know, we can't always empathize with people. Sometimes the best we can do is have pity because empathy implies that there's a, an experience behind the feeling of pity, which makes it empathetic because we are able to not only have a sense of understanding, like we understand that the person's hurting, but we can actually empathize with it experientially. We can go back to a a time in our life where we struggled the same thing with the same thing, and we can actually understand and feel the feelings that that person might be feeling. Now, given we're not feeling their feelings, but we are feeling our own pains and remembering how we suffer due to the same or similar circumstance. So that's what the difference between pity and empathy is. Pity is taking something you haven't ever experienced and saying, I'm so sorry that's happening, which you are, you're you're sorry, but you can't understand it because you lack experience. So when I talk to you about this type of anger, I am empathetic towards you. I understand what it feels like. I've been there myself, but again, we must choose truth. We choose truth or we believe lies. 
There is no gray area there. And this is one of those things where we may feel it, but it is wrong. And so therefore we have to deal with it. And if we do not want to deal with it, then we have to accept the path that we're taking and, and the we have to accept that because there's only one of two ways to go. You're going to fight against this and your, uh, your flesh or you're not. And so when we have this anger where we think, God, why won't you just heal me from this? And we say, I've prayed. I've done everything that I'm called to do. I've, I've called out to you. I have, uh, I've prayed continuously. I've confessed my sins. I've claimed promises. Maybe even I haven't sinned. Um, and you're not doing anything. And I'm mad. The root of that is entitlement. Somehow we tend to think that God owes us something. And that if we do the right things, then we somehow are assured to get what we want. And what we want is healing. And we want quick healing. We want immediate healing. And we want total healing. And if we don't get that, then we get mad at God. And this is not the type of anger that is a genuine Pain over something that you're struggling with that you are bringing to God and you are wanting him to change your heart. Maybe you feel angry at him, but your motive is not to stay angry. Your motive is not entitlement. Your motive with that anger is you're experiencing a feeling. You recognize that you're feeling it, but you also recognize that it's wrong. We never have a reason a good reason, a right reason to be angry at God. Do we feel angry sometimes? Yes. That anger can be in a place where it's productive too. If we bring anger to God, like I said, acknowledging that it's wrong and knowing that we don't want to be that way and we're saying to the Lord, this is how I'm feeling, please help me to resubmit myself to you. That is different than the anger that is birthed out of a heart that is saying, demanding that I have done what I am called to do. You are not keeping your end of the bargain, God. I deserve healing. I've suffered long enough. This shouldn't be happening to me. How can you be good if you won't heal me? How can you be just if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing? Which again goes back to the fact that we believe from time to time that if we do the right things and we serve God and we are saved, that that somehow means we get what we want when we want it. And if we don't, then that is enough for us to question the goodness of God, our faith in God, and it's enough to kind of stir that pot of resentment and bitterness. Friend, the only way to healing is to choose truth. And the only way to choose truth is to die to yourself. And the only way to die to yourself is decide that you choose Jesus. Because if he is not good, then he is not God. 
And what you are saying, what you are honestly saying, when you demand healing or else, you demand healing or else you can't know God is good. You demand healing or else you can't follow him. You demand healing or else you question his uh, ability to know what he's doing. If that is what you're doing, The sad reality is that that's what so many of us believers do. We only follow God when it's easy. We give up when it's hard. We demand our way. And then we make up all of these reasons why we can't really follow him. And he really isn't very good. And it's all wrapped up in this entitlement, this I deserve God because I did the right thing. And the reality is we deserve nothing but the eternal damnation of hell. Anything we get in this life, no matter how terrible, how painful, how long, and how unending, is better than what we deserve. The fact that God offers us a relationship with him exceeds what we deserve and then on top of that that he often floods us with healing power and the ability to overcome is miraculous and then the fact that we get to live in a world with the sun and the rain and freedoms in America and maybe you don't live in America and you don't have those same freedoms it still is more than we deserve The good that we get is more than we deserve, and the bad that we get is more than we deserve. I realize that maybe I've lost a lot of my listeners at this point, and the sad thing is is I, I get it, but we must stop living by the lie that following Jesus is easy. The Bible is so clear that it's not, because following Jesus is not about getting what you want. Why do we think it's okay to just want the healing? Why do we think it's okay to decide that truth is relative and that God is good some days and he's not some days based on what we think? The whole matter of our entire hope in Christianity and in Jesus is the fact that he is above us, that he's over us, that we can't figure out his ways, but we can rest in his faithfulness. And if you don't get to the point, if I don't get to the point where we can settle our hearts on the fact that he's good all the time, without need for explanation, without need for understanding, then why are we even Christians? What a sad testimony. We we must hold on to the truth, and the truth is. Jesus Christ is good if my child lives. Jesus Christ is good if my child dies. Jesus Christ is good if I have cancer. Jesus Christ is good if I don't have cancer. Jesus Christ is good if I lose my parents, I suffer abuse, I have a mental illness, I get cancer, then my spouse dies, then I lose my house, and I'm a mentally ill person with cancer living under a bridge. He is good. God's goodness is not dependent upon the circumstances. 
It is dependent upon himself, and therefore he is always good. That is our hope in Jesus Christ, is that he is able to do more than we can hope or ask or think, and he is able to conquer sin. He is above us in thought, word, and deed. Nothing he does can be measured by human measurements or understood fully by human brains. Our hope is that he is bigger than all of it. And so we rest assured that nothing we face is outside of his care, outside of his attention. And if he is asking us to face it, then we can learn to be strong in it. If God isn't healing your headache, if he isn't making you sleep, if he isn't taking away your pain, if he isn't bringing back your friends or your spouse or your money, submit. Because if he isn't doing what you think you should do, if he isn't doing what you think he should do, it is because he has something better. And you may say, Connie, you don't, you don't get that. You know, I have cancer and my husband's abusive and I have lost five children and I'm bankrupt and I don't deserve any of it. And I would lovingly say, what you have is more than you deserve. God is still good. And if he has allowed it to happen, submit to it and watch him bring about something better. Or don't. And let it ruin your relationship with God. Those are your two choices. I know that it's hard to reconcile, but we cannot follow Jesus and love ourselves at the same time. We have to choose one or the other. One is going to be our master. It's either going to be our self-serving purposes of our own wicked hearts that always can find a reason to say, me, 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 I'm not getting what I deserve. God isn't good. I should have this. I should be doing that. I should not be suffering this. Or we're going to follow Jesus and following Jesus is following Jesus. It's not following to get something or following to have something or following so that you can get things so that you can know that you're following the right thing. No, it's just following Jesus. And the word says that he was a man of many sorrows. Anything that you suffered, he suffered worse. If he suffered for you, why shouldn't you suffer for him? Again, this is all spoken in love. We are so weak and our faith is so limited and our power in Christ is so watered down because we don't, we don't live as true believers. True believers don't turn away from God when things get hard. They get closer to him. True believers don't constantly entertain the idea that God is not a good God, that he's not just and that he doesn't care. True believers work to submit to whatever comes their way. Whether it is sadness, sorrow, death, turmoil, crisis, loss. And they stand firmly upon the foundation that God is good. Therefore, they don't have to worry. They know that they know that they know. There's nothing that can shake their belief 
in the goodness of God. And it is only there in that place that they begin to see the power and the presence of Jesus in a way that is so real. Go back to Job and look at his life. He was blessed before he lost everything, but it was in the losing. It was in the sorrow. It was in the death of his children and the rejection of his friends and the bruising and breaking of his own body that he said, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. It was Job who said to his wife, you speak as one of the impious and foolish women. What, shall we only accept the good from the hand of God and not accept also misfortune? And in spite of all he lost, Job did not sin with his lips. This verse has nothing to do with women being foolish. He's speaking to his wife, who is a woman, and she's speaking foolishly. If he was speaking to a man, it would have said, you're speaking as an impious and foolish man would speak. So don't let that twist your pants. The point is, where do we get off thinking that we only get good from God? That we only deserve good? That we can only stand the good? No, we deserve eternal death and damnation to hell. Everything that we've been given is an opportunity from the Father for our growth, our development, and our well-being. And why is that? Because he is a good God. And because, as it says in Romans 8.28, he will work all things together for my good, for those who are called according to his purposes. All means all, which encompasses everything. And so knowing that God is good is the key to our healing because it will enable us to not tolerate the lies anymore and the questioning that he owes us that we deserve better, that he should work in ways and in the time that we think he should. God is God and we are not. God is good all the time. And we must fight to come to that place where we know and we don't question anymore if he's good. We may still struggle. We may still have intense emotions. And on top of that, you are not called to like everything you go through, but you are called to submit to God in it. You are called to submit to God through it, and you are called to not question his goodness. And you get to that place where you're able to do those things through the struggle, the struggle of the daily choice. The struggle of, am I going to stand on the truth or on lies? Friend, I hope very desperately I do. Because this is what makes or breaks the Christian walk. Even if you're saved and you are secure in your salvation, your life will be next to nothing and wasted if you can never get to the point where God is good to you all the time because 
It goes up and down with the waves of your circumstances. The Christian life that's well lived is one that is sure and stable in the fact and only the fact that God is good. Everything else can go up and down from our emotions to our circumstances, to our health, to our money, to our relationships, to our mind. But our heart stays steadfast in the fact and the reality that no matter what, God is good. So if you have anger and bitterness and resentment towards the Lord due to something you feel that you're entitled to or deserve and he hasn't given you, I would so tenderly encourage you, confess that out loud to the Lord, call it what it is, tell him you're sorry, ask him to help you, to see, to stop doubting, ask him to help you to catch the lies, to call them out, to rebuke them in the name of Jesus Christ, and then begin to take steps every time the thought that he is not good enters your mind. Remind yourself, what? Shall I only accept good from the hand of God and not accept also misfortune? Don't sin with your lips against God and who he is. Start to take that stand. And when you do, you will move from constantly questioning and constantly wavering and constant anger to beginning to understand the peace and the power and the purpose of just knowing that God is good. Be encouraged today that there is always a way out. You are never too far gone to be gone from Jesus. You can turn back. He offers you his forgiveness. He offers you his hope. He offers you his love. If you are not a believer, wrestle with this. Everybody has faith in something. Even atheists have faith in their lack of a belief in God. But what you need to ask yourself honestly is, if you're wrong, is it going to be worth it? Because if I'm wrong, and Jesus really doesn't exist, and all of this is nothing, what's that going to hurt me? I'll die, and I'll go back to dust or whatever evaporate, disappear, whatever, nothing will matter. But if you are wrong, the person that says there is no God, and you die, where does that leave you? There is hope only in Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no way to the Father except through him and the gift of salvation he freely offers to those who will accept it. Be encouraged today as you take on the spiritual battles all around you, the fighting for your soul, the defending of your faith, both internally and externally. God is with you. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. Go in peace today. Please like, share, subscribe, follow, and comment to this podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Tell all your family and friends about it. Reach out at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings to let me know your prayer requests or 
any questions you have about your faith walk, or any comments about the show, any topics you'd like to hear, or if you're interested in being a guest. Do you have an amazing testimony to share? Or do you have a hard question you'd like to hash out on the show? If you are interested in being on the Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things podcast, please reach out and let me know. You can find me again on the World Wide Web at www.blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com or on Instagram or Facebook at Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next time.